0: This is the season of his grace This is the season of our breakthrough This is the season of his power This is the season where his love shines through At Pentecostal tabernacle restoring broken love And 14 beginning God created the heavens and the earth Exodus chapter 3 verse 13 and 14 Then Moses said to God If I come to the people of Israel and say to them The God of your fathers has sent me to you and they ask me well what's his name what shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And God said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. And so the title of my sermon is I exist. I exist. Exist I exist. When, when it comes to meeting people, when it comes to meeting people, there are two questions that are usually asked when you meet a person. The first question you ask them is: "What's your name?" What's your name, sir? Jeff. Okay. What's your name? Austin. Okay. What's your name? Yvonne. Yeah. And then the second question, where well, you just meet them, is probably anybody want to guess what the second question might be? How are you? Where are you from? What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? What's your name? And what do you do? So when the Bible introduces um, God to us, the first sentence, the first verse tells us his name. In the beginning, God. And then within that first verse, that first sentence, it also says what he does. And that is, he creates. Who is he? His name is God. And what does he do? He creates. Uh, On Last night, last evening, the movie, The Ten Commandments, was shown on ABC TV. You, everybody knows that God looks, I mean, Moses looks like Charlton Heston. <laughs> Let my people go. And it's come on for the 43rd year in a row. Amen, tell the person next to you that movie's older than you are. Even if it may not be, just just humor them. <laughs> just humor them. And so here, in this scene it, uh, is where Moses is about to embark on the most important mission, the most important destiny, the most important purpose in his life and he wants to know who are you i mean he's just walking in the desert doing his thing and all of a sudden there's this burning bush and the bush is burning but it's not consumed and he's waiting for it to kind of turn into ashes and it's still burning and finally this voice comes out of the saying Moses take off your shoes and the ground you stand on is holy ground and and then he says well who are you and what is your name and so God responds to him my name is I am and I know you folks are very deep at eight o'clock in the morning but if I asked Jeffrey, or Austin, or Bonnie, "What's your name?" and they said, "I am," I would say, "You are." Uh, this this verb, "am," is the first person singular. Uh, the verb to be and of course a number of us have been haven't been in school so long that we kind of have to go through our little review of our grammar lesson but if you remember that verb to be can uh, be uh, taught or demonstrated in the I am you are Come on class, he He is, we are, you are, and they are. When you look up the verb be, be, when you look up this verb be, it actually means, look in the dictionary, it means exist. This word exist comes from a Latin word which means to set up a monument or to stand out. So when Moses asked God, what's your name? God says, my name is I am or I exist. I exist. Which makes sense because there was a lot going on in the past 400 years for these people where it didn't seem like God existed. And some of you are in situations right now and it seems like he doesn't exist. The Hebrews actually didn't simply write down I exist, they actually gave him a name that is translated into I exist And we know that name as Yahweh or Jehovah. And Jehovah actually means the the existing one. He is the existing one. He is the existing one. He is the existing one. Who are you? And what do you do? So every time we say Jehovah, we say you are the one who exists. You are the one who exists. Now, as Americans, we really, when we say names, we say like Bob, which means nothing to us. John which means nothing to us but when you go to other cultures their names are phrases which actually which actually describe either the situation that their parents were in or secondly prophetically where they want their children to go. So I'm always fascinated when I meet people either from the continent of Africa or, or, or whether it's China or Japan or Korea or even the Middle East. And so uh, when some of you know my dad was in the hospital and we met uh, a neurosurgeon, uh, particularly she was a resident, and she was Muslim. And so I was curious. I said, what is your name? And she said her name. And I said, what does your name mean? Meaning that every time people say your name, they're not simply saying your name. They're saying something about you. So when we say Jehovah, we're not simply saying Jehovah. We're saying you're the one who exists. And here's this woman, neurologist. That means she's pretty smart. And from the time she was a baby, I said, what does your name mean? She says, well, loosely translated, it means I'm the boss. (laughs) You can't be the boss and not have a good job. (laughs) I'm the boss. Turn your name and say, what does your name mean? And say to them, I haven't had my cup of coffee yet. Don't ask me that so early in the morning. (laughs) Some of you actually know, that's good. All right, God, so you told me your name. Your name means the existing one. Now tell me, what do you do? Because I am not going to Pharaoh simply saying you're the existing one. Tell me what you do. God, I'm not going to give my life to you if you can't tell me what you do. So the Jewish people, because they served a powerful God, they understood that this God doesn't simply have a name. He actually does things. How many of you have discovered that God actually does things? We're not, we're not that... That's good that three of you raised your hand. How many of you? Look, we're, we're too busy to be here just out of a holy day, holiday. We serve a God who does real things and, and that's how we know he exists. He's not a figment of our imagination. He's not a nice religious experience. Can I get a witness out there? He does real things. Yeah, I think he deserves a hand praise for that. The first time God, the, the, the Jewish people understood that because God does things, he does so many crazy, ridiculous, unbelievable, marvelous things that what they would do is that they would take his name, Jehovah, I exist, and they would put a suffix on there that would describe what he does. So, the first time we are introduced to this name Jehovah is, is when Abraham is uh, looking for a sacrifice for, to replace, well, he's actually ready to sacrifice his son Isaac to the Lord, and all of a sudden uh, God lets Abraham find a ram, and the ram takes the place of Isaac, as a sacrifice to God, just like Jesus is the lamb that took our place, amen? And we find that when Abraham found that lamb, he was probably like, yippee, and he called the place Jehovah-Jireh, which means I am the Lord, your provider. I exist as your provider. The word, it, 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 but it's really not Jehovah, Jireh as in the Lord provides. Jireh is actually not the real translation. It really is, I'm the Lord who sees. Because the word provide, pro means before, and video means to see, means I see your situation before you got there, and therefore I'm going to do something about it. He sees you where you are. Yesterday, we were, my wife and I were driving, uh, had a long uh, drive to Marlboro, and while we're driving there, I decided to call my friend, uh, who I grew up with on the same street, and uh, he got saved and came to this church before he moved. And uh, for the last six years, he's been in... Stage four cancer. And so for a year, I couldn't reach him. And I said, I wonder if he's dead. And then finally, we got in contact. And so I, I called him. I called him and got him. And he said, hey, how you doing? And I was like, wow. I said, you sound great. And he says, I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling much better. I'm feeling much better. And when I look at my friend who was a strong six foot two, probably about a solid 210 pounds and how he has lost 30 pounds and, and gone through chemotherapy and, and can hardly get out of bed and, and yet hear the joy of the Lord coming from him. And I remember him saying to me, talking about the goodness of God and how he's standing on the word and God's going to heal him. And he's a walking miracle because he should be dead right now. But I remember him saying these words. He said, you know what? The Lord, he didn't say, of course the Lord did not send the cancer. But the Lord will use whatever comes into your life to make you more like him are you following me and he said these words he said you know what brian i realize that before this cancer he was a health nut a health i mean a health nut and he would ridicule people who weren't taking care of their bodies and he realized you know what brian i realized that i had an attitude of pride and he said isn't it ironic that the guy who's Saying, no, I'm Mr. Healthy, and what's wrong with you? I'm the one who has cancer. And yet, I said, as I was studying for this word, I said, God, even in the midst of this, you still see. You see him in his stage four cancer, and you're still doing something about it. Folks, God sees you in your situation. And, it, and, it, and, it, and whatever you're going through, it has not caught him by surprise. He sees you in your struggling marriage. He sees you in your struggling to raise your children. He sees you in your struggling career. He sees you with your messed up grades wondering, my God, am I going to graduate or am I going to have to pay another $30,000 for next year? He sees you. And he's not looking just as a spectator, but he is going to do something. Tell somebody that's good news for you. That's good news for you. He's going to do something. He sees your situation. They hung another suffix on his name. Jehovah Jireh, which is the Lord provides. Then Jehovah Roi. David called him the Lord who is my shepherd. He is your shepherd. Not only does he see you, but he will also, Psalm 23, verse 3, well, let's start, 23, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, he maketh me. What else he do? He what? He stores my soul. He what? He leads me. Start right there. He leads me. He leads me. He leads me. Not only does he see me, but he leads me. I was a sophomore in college, 19 years old, been a church boy all my life, loved the Lord. And then as I started getting into my late teens and started thinking about life, I said to myself, you know, I've been, you know, my parents brought me to school. I was raised in Sunday school, you know, the usual religious stuff. And then I said, God, I'm at an age now just coming off the best semester of my life and uh, hoping to make some money and want to be a BMW, black man working. And I really am wondering, are you real or was I just raised in a nice religious experience? Now. Watch this. I knew there was a God. But what I wanted to know if if we could really, really depend upon you to do real things in our everyday lives. So I made a deal with God. Austin, I made a deal with God. I said to God, all right, I'm going to give you a little time to prove that you're real. And if you're just a religious experience, what I'm going to do, I'm going to make some money. Uh, no, after I graduate, I'm going to go to Atlanta, move there. Because uh, Atlanta was hot back then. It was just budding. And this is back in the late 70s. I'm going to you know, wear a suit particularly like this. I'm going to have a power tie. Back then, the the, the, the buppy car. no. Uh, yuppie, young urban professionals, buppy, black urban professionals. I was gonna drive my nice Volvo, Volvo was a car back then, and I was just gonna have me some fun. I'm gonna have some fly women, it's gonna be a wonderful time, and nice religious experience. And so as, that's right. Yeah, religious, religious. Religious. And so I went on a two-day fast to say, okay, God, if you're real, speak to me, do something. You got two days. And in the first day, as I am fasting, uh, God speaks to me. And he doesn't speak to Austin. He doesn't speak to me when I'm praying and saying, Oh, God. He doesn't speak to me when I'm in service and thinking, Oh, uh, great is thy faithfulness. No, he speaks to me in a shower. And he says to me. You're going to marry Carmen Selman. I was like, "What? <laughs> Married?" And then he said, "You're going to pastor Pentecostal Tabernacle." And I was like, "Wow. Hmm. hmm. Well, I mean, Carmen Selman. She, yeah, she's fine. That, that, good pick, God. Good pick." <laughs> By the way, I'm still with her. You know, you can stand up. You know, fly. happy Easter. Anyways. So when he speaks to me, and it all comes to pass, but let me tell you something. As soon as he spoke, all hell broke loose. And yet he said, I'm still going to lead you to accomplish my purpose. I see you. I'm leading you. No matter how difficult your circumstances, he's still leading you. No matter what you're going through, he's still leading you. Some of you didn't even have a mind to be here, but he led you here. And then the final one, because as I look at my life now 40 years later, you're supposed to say, "You don't look that old." Uh, and someday I'm going to say that, and you're going to say, "You actually do.". <laughs> but Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, "I know the plans that I have for you. Good plans." to bring you to a good end. I have have plans for your life. I see you. I'm leading you. I have plans for your life. But before I can put those plans into full action, Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 23 verses five and six, his name is Jehovah Sidkenu which means you're the lord my righteousness righteousness means i got to make you right anyway you have big brothers big sisters and if you now now if you come from a a wealthy family then what happens is that on a day like this easter what happens is that everybody just goes to the store and you no know, JCPenney or Sears or Macy's or whatever, and you get your outfit. But back in the day, when you came from a big family, what would happen, if you could hold this for me, is... I was going to wear this suit from the beginning, but my wife said... You, they, they, wouldn't hear a word you said. <laughs> What's up, my brother? No, okay. like. <laughs> Anyways, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was like, well, we can put on my sunglasses. Okay, so, so, what would happen is that if you had a big brother, your parents weren't gonna be buying new stuff for all eight of you So if you had a big brother what happens is that once the big brother outgrew Okay come up here Austin Once the big brother outgrew his jacket and you outgrew yours then what would happen actually let me use somebody else. No, no I'll use you. you I'll use you. And what would happen is that the big brother would pass it down to the little brother. <laughs> to the little brother. Because the little brother needed it and the big brother didn't need it anymore. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter three that Jesus shed his blood for us on the cross of Calvary to make us right. And once he shed his blood, he seated at the right hand of God but he does not need his righteousness anymore and so according to Romans chapter 8 verse 29 read it for yourself the Bible says that Jesus is our older brother and he has handed down to us his blood and therefore because of his blood Just like if I wore this jacket, right now, if a person walked into this room, they wouldn't notice these nice shoes, these nice slacks. The first thing they would notice is this bright red jacket. Can I get a witness out there? Okay. And when you walk into the presence of God with yourself, that's not right. When Jesus robes you with his righteousness, with the blood he shed on the cross of Calvary, instead of God noticing your sin, the first thing he notices is the blood. And the blood of Jesus Christ, what it first does to make you right Hebrews chapter nine, verse 14, it straightens out your conscience so that you'll stop doing dead works. And then in verse two of Hebrews chapter nine, it says without the shedding of blood, sin can't be sent back. What's his name? His name is I exist. I exist to provide for you, I exist to lead you, and I exist to cover you with my righteousness. You don't have to walk life uncovered anymore. You don't have to live life struggling anymore to be made right. His blood makes you right. Let's all bow heads.